The Rough Drafts Podcast is sponsored by Unicorn.com, the world's premier esports betting site. Bet on your favorite games like CSGO, Dota 2, and League of Legends and earn Unicorns through successful bets or use Unicorn's exclusive Connect program where you can earn Unicorns just by playing some of your favorite games. Use your earnings to enter Unicorn's raffles for exciting prizes like Logitech peripherals or CSGO skins. So join Chase and Walter and prove who really is the esports gambling expert. Unicorn.com. Log on today. Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wasser. Welcome to day six of our North American LCS team-by-team preview series. We've done five of these already, Monday through Friday, all of last week. If you haven't checked it out yet, uh, we have a YouTube playlist with all the episodes that we did last week. Five in North America, five in Europe. Uh, SoundCloud has an EU playlist and an NA playlist. Definitely check out all of those episodes. This week, we're looking at five brand new teams in each region. And the team we're talking about today is a team that I think Walter and I hit our breaking point on uh, a while ago, but we're going to see if uh, if our opinions have maybe changed since the last time that we talked about them after IEM Gyeonggi. And of course, when I say we, I am referring to my good friend and co-host, Walter C80 Svetchuk. Walter, how you doing, man? So this liquid, yes. Team Liquid, them and the team we're going to talk about tomorrow mm. are the two teams that I've actually really been going back and forth about in my head mm-hmm. of, of which one of these teams do I think is better now, which one of these teams do I think is better later, if I put them in a death match where they have to play 100 game, games against each other and whoever wins the most survive um, I, I just go back and forth based on the day, based on my mood based on the alignment of Jupiter like I, 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 I want to just be very vicious about them because of breaking point because they unceremoniously tossed Dardock, who is my favorite favorite player of all time besides forgiven to the side mm-hmm. that i greatly dislike piglet as much as i do and, but i have pause in the back of my head of going like yeah but like golden glue looked pretty good and they added to the drama by adding someone else I'll let you talk about that, Chase. Oh, boy. I love... The, the, let the memes collide, man. Let the memes There's collide. nothing better than Breaking Point plus Dunzo Manifesto. I, uh. let, let's talk about their, this, uh, this team from last split. Uh, they got fifth place in the regular season. It was a 9-9 nine and nine record. They were determined not to finish fourth, and they did do that. Uh, they, they avoided fourth, for better and for worse. Uh, quarterfinals in the summer playoffs, they lost 3-1 to one to CLG. Uh, they got fourth in the North American regionals. Keeps the meme alive. 0 and three to Envious. That was a liquid team that was starting arc second in the jungle because, of course, they were. Uh, but you know what? Look, they got to the semifinals at IM Kyung Yi. That's the most recent tournament. That's an upside there. Uh, they had Dardock as a third team All Pro. He's not on the roster anymore, but Rainover is, and Rainover was an All Pro as well when he was the jungler for Immortals. So that's a guy who. 
obviously brings a lot to the uh, to the roster. Lorlo is still the top laner. Golden Glue, as you mentioned, is now the new mid laner. He will be sharing reps, supposedly, with Link. And we've heard Team Liquid say that players were going to be sharing reps before and then it never happened. But Link, formerly of CLG fame, this is what I could actually see happening. And... I joked about it when we live streamed a couple days ago. Like, I can't, you know, why would anyone want to play Link? But here we are, and we're talking about it, and people are talking about it like it's a real, genuine move that that people should get excited about. And, of course, Piglet back from the Challenger roster, playing with Matt once more. So, Walter, when you look at that offseason as a whole, those cumulative moves kind of adding up, what's your first impression? Of this well, you, you you forgot the biggest change that makes me super happy. Lokodoka is no longer their head coach. Uh, he's been replaced by Varsix, uh, which is David Lim. Yes. He was the Team Liquid Academy guy. He was the the guy that was talking that was very you know very outspoken about how he was kind of disappointed that he lost his challenger players back in the spring. But he really talked up Dardock a lot. He had really good repertoire with Piglet, with Matt, with all the players and all the little vignette stuff that they've done in the off season. He seems to really, um, they're really pushing that he's the head coach and that he has a very good attitude and repertoire with all the players on this team. I think that is probably the most undervalued signing uh, mm. and that undervalued change when you look at they added rain over the best jungler in North America. Oh my God, this is incredible. Um, <laughs> Which analyst are you mocking with that, by the way? I just want to know like, who you have created, in mind. I just created a random analyst in my head that talks like this. This is incredible. This is amazing. I didn't want to actually mock a, a particular analyst or, or commentator or anything because I just couldn't figure out how to mock one in 10 seconds. Um, overall, the changes are... Sort of a toss-up. Rainover is a good change. I like keeping Lorlo Golden Glue... We'll see. I don't think he was ever given a true fair shake on the LCS stage, and he looked pretty good in the challenger scene. Mm -hmm. um, a little better than like he has in the past, like on Ember, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, Piglet is Piglet. Yeah. And then Matt, I, I think Matt, just because of the um, constant changes of AD Carry, I think he really lost a lot of his... Um, his confidence and a lot of the momentum that he had uh, in the spring split. So overall, like it's it's kind of, I'm kind of up in the air. Like I said, I just I, I I can't quite pin down exactly how I feel and what I think about this roster. Yeah, and honestly, I think that's the right approach to take with Liquid. I mean, if you want to, you know, people who want to instinctively, it, yes, one could say that you need to be fluid in your analysis because honestly. You know, you look at, if you judge them too much by what happened in Breaking Point, well, that's not particularly fair. Four of the six major pieces have changed since then. Right. And sure, Piglet was one of the things that went wrong last split, and I'm sure we're going to get to that because you're Walter and I know where we this will. is going. Uh, but, you know, as a you know general rule, we have to admit, like, they've made big changes. And we talked about why we liked uh, Varsic so much as a coach back when we did the Breaking Point podcast, which you should totally go back and listen to. We'll maybe put an annotation up here where I'm pointing for that. That seems like a good idea. Um, we go over all of our thoughts on that particular documentary, but regardless of, of you know whether you're excited by the positives that you're seeing and the big names that got signed this offseason, whether you're worried about the negatives that we saw in a very public documentary and some of the fallout that's come from that, I think that 
leaning either way too harshly runs into a a kind of analyst trap where you get mm -hmm. used to like the last thing that you saw is the only thing that matters and you can't let either side of it you know just because we've seen behind the scenes doesn't necessarily mean there aren't other teams having the exact same problems behind the scenes doesn't mean you have to you know swing too far in either direction right so let's talk about the tangible things that we can point to as an exciting trend walter what are you most excited about when it comes to this roster well, first of all, I wrote this down. I, I did all my notes for this before the Link announcement, so I just want to take 30 seconds. I'm most excited for Link being back in the LCS because I can't wait for him to just completely fall apart and write another 17-page Stunzo manifesto where he just like goes off randomly on Piglet or whoever. Um, no, in all honesty, he actually played really well for CLG. Um, it was kind of... It, it sucked basically what happened to him he played very well internationally when he had to substitute for high for cloud nine uh, i think it was an msi it was something that was overseas i don't remember exactly it what was an msi was. yeah it was msi it was called all stars back all stars then. yeah um so I'm, I'm excited to watch him but what i was truly excited beforehand was to watch the continued improvement of the na players uh so lorlo golden glue and matt um, Lorlo, I think, is a, a solid top laner. I think he can fit in pretty much any meta. He has shown he can play carries. He shows he can play tanks. Um, he shows he can play the bruisers, the poppies, the kind of middle carry, tank, whatever you want to call them. Um, I, I just want to see him constantly improve. That's what I want out of a top laner is consistency. Mm -hmm. And just get better. Get better. Learn really when you want to TP. You know, all these little things. And granted, he's only been around for a year. Like, Let's give him some more time. He didn't have a whole lot of challenger experience when they brought him in. Keep letting him go. Keep letting him simmer. Like, chili always tastes better the day after you cook it. Okay, it yeah. just, all the spices and everything melt together. Like, that's just what I want. Um, Matt, like I said earlier, I, I truly think it was a combination of um, just the sort of attitude in the house and in the organization, I think, was extremely down. And when you're already feeling bad about yourself, when you're in a negative kind of toxic environment... It makes you feel worse about yourself. It highlights all these flaws that you're seeing in yourself. It's just not good. You, to be happy, you sort of need to be in a happy environment. Mm -hmm. It helps. It really helps. Yeah. Um, and, and all the AD carry changes, I think, really harmed him. And then Golden Glue. This is the guy that needs to make the biggest improvement for this team if this team wants to be truly successful. And I think they're showing it. I am Young Yi gave us a little peek at... at Perhaps the golden age of Golden Glue? Perhaps? Perhaps. I, Perhaps. This is one of those things where, you know, on the one hand, I am excited about the growth of Lorlo and Matt, probably just as much, if not, you know, more. I, I love Lorlo. I thought he was an incredible player. I think at his best, he was playing like a top three top laner. And obviously now we have a lot more top lane talent incoming. He's going to be challenged much more than he was last split. But that could bring out the best in him. He seems wired in that way. There's a reason he and Dardock got along so well, right? That was right. one of the things that we were able to notice, just how that competitive fire fueled him. And on the other hand, we saw Matt was a very emotional guy. He did seem to you know, ebb and flow with the rest of his team. And that's something that has its own pros and cons. Uh, it's something where if they start off really well, that's a great sign for the split he could have. If they struggle out of the gate, I don't know what's going to bring his confidence back. And now, you know, if he if it's another split of some struggles here and there. 
Golden Glue is the big question mark. I think he's going to be a question mark for a lot of people. I think Link is a question mark, and for good reason, because we haven't seen him in pro play for a literal year and a half. Yeah. But there's, you know, none of those things were the things that made you nervous, Walter. What made you nervous was a guy who shares a, a name with a, a Winnie the Pooh character. I believe it's it's it was the hundred acre bot lane back in the day, half of the hundred acre bot season lane. Three. Yep. And and now he's a guy that I, I, I think the words you use here are I hate Piglet. That was the entirety of your notes. So Walter, the floor is yours. You know, I, I really don't think my notes really get deep down in, into my thoughts as an analyst. Um I abhor him. Um I detest him. I am disgusted by him. I can't believe he's still in a competitive League of Legends situation. Um, I am just baffled by the fact that he's been in North America for almost two years and hasn't taken the time to bother learning English when at least three of the players on his team are going to have to speak English. He has not shown me over the course of his tenure at Team Liquid that he actually cares about anything other than himself, that he truly actually cares about winning that he truly actually cares about somehow matching up to the mystique that is his former teammate in Faker. This was a guy that at one point in Season 3 we thought was the best player in the world. Despite how well Faker was playing, there was this argument between the two of them that SKT has the best two players, and one of those players has gone on and had a fantastic career, one of the greatest players of all time. The other player we still refer to as, yeah, but he won the world championship in season three. That is not enough. You have now officially exited that zone where you get to write off everything that you're doing, your attitude, however you're reacting, that you miss your girlfriend, that you miss Korea, that you miss any of these things. If you don't want to be here, leave. But the problem is Team Liquid seems to be the only team that wants to give him a shot. And for some reason, maybe it's the money, maybe he just... He wants to keep the money. Like, maybe he doesn't know what else he wants to do with his life. But for some reason, he is still here. He needs to show me this split that he actually gives a damn. That he actually wants to win. There were moments where he and Matt in the spring looked phenomenal. They looked like the best bot lane in North America. They looked incredible. They were better than Aphromoo and Stixay. They were better than Doublelift and Yellowstar. And then it all fell apart. And we see in Breaking Point, and we see in their show over the course of the split, that there was this terrible chemistry going back and forth. And as much as people want to point the blame at Dardock, Dardock is gone. Lokodoko is gone. Those two toxic elements that were bringing everything down are gone. You need to act like an adult. You need to act like a professional. When someone, your general manager, is talking to you, you can't be laying in your bed rolling around because you're tired or you don't want to do it. You need to now go out of your way to prove to this organization, to prove to the players on this team that you truly care about them being successful and this team being successful. You need to prove that to them. You need to prove that to me as an analyst. You need to prove that to your ownership. You need to prove that for your legacy as a player. Because right now, no one gives a damn that you won a world championship in season three. That's over. Mm. All we remember now is the punk little kid that was rolling around on his bed during breaking point. And you have a chance to fix that. I don't think he does. I think he is done after this split. You know, I don't think I've ever been more infuriated by a player than I have been in Piglet. Because on the one hand, everything you said is absolutely true. 
This is a guy who quit midway through last split because he didn't enjoy playing on the main roster anymore, and we went and played on the challenger roster and managed to fail on that team when the cha- when the promotion series rolled around. So didn't necessarily look that great in those performances and, and certainly didn't look like his heart was in it. And, you know, it feels like the sunk cost fallacy at some point, you know, that economic principle that says that just because you've invested a whole bunch of time, money, and effort into making a player work doesn't mean you should continue to do so. This has been a year and a half now. You've suspended him before back in season five. You kicked him down to your challengers team this year. What's different? What's new? What is the thing about Piglet that has changed since the last time that we have seen him on film, since the last time that we have seen him break down in public? That was the thing about Breaking Point. You know, sure, the rolling around in the bed, like that image is a very clear one. But you go back to when he left and went to the Challenger roster on this podcast, and we called every single thing that we ended up seeing on the documentary. It was very clear what the problem was. And it all comes down to Piglet and his mentality and the way that he constantly seems to bring this team down. And yet, the guy is still obscenely talented. There's a reason he won a world championship in season three. There's a reason that he keeps being brought back. And there's a reason that when you talk to Team Liquid fans and say you should get rid of Piglet, they look at you like you have like weird devil horns or something. And it's because when you look at individual performances... The guy still manages some great games. Is it as consistent as it needs to be? No. Uh, I am had a great example of some games where he just couldn't lane against 80 carries. He should have been harassing very easily. That is a concern. But if there's anyone left that can bring out the fire in him, that competitive spirit, it would have to be Rainover, right? That would be the Korean player who left the LCK, came over to North America, actually had success. The one person that Piglet could look at and say, that's the guy I should be modeling my time and energy after because he got to Worlds. Maybe that's enough. I, I'm like you. I've lost faith in it at this point. Uh, fool me three times. Fool me four times. I mean, I'm not, I'm not falling for it a fourth time. I... But, but we have to keep going. We have to keep looking at this team. And, you know, Piglet is going to be one big factor that determines their success. But that's not the only factor, Walter. What is it? When you decide what ultimately places them at the end of the split, what are you looking at more than anything else? So, so first of all, Rainover has to continue to be, top, you know, arguably the best jungler in North America. I think he can slip a little just because I think uh, Sven Skaren emerged during Worlds and has turned into a fantastic jungler the synergy between him and Bjergsen is uh probably unmatched by anyone in in North America um except maybe Rainover and his former top laner Hooney uh who is gone who went to SKT so Rainover needs to now reinvent himself without Hooney and he needs to adapt to the players that are around him and that means he is going to have to rely on these two North American solo laners and they need to have some very consistent improvement they need to be better there were moments where Lurlo and Dardock looked pretty unstoppable at times during games. Short five-minute camping sessions where Dardock would constantly come to his lane and would set it up. Whoever is the shot caller on this team needs to be very definitive. I think it's probably going to be Rainover because he's the one who likes to make all the early aggressive moves. They need to be very definitive of Lurlo, come teleport to this. Lurlo, come you know, help me gank bot. Golden Glue, come help me roam into the enemy jungle. He's going to be here. It's really going to be a massive learning process for Golden Glue and for Lorlo adapting to a very strong, high-pressure jungler in Rainover. 
And that is where, if this improvement doesn't come, you said it yourself, Piglet has shown that he has some absolutely fantastic talent. He is extremely mechanically uh, good at the game. He does have some games where he just pops off. We're playing best of threes here. You're playing every team twice. So that's 18 best of three series. Like, you can't just rely on one player popping off that many times. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to happen. 36 times that Piglet needs to go out of his mind. We say, okay, we're happy, like, you know, winning 10. We go 10 and 8. That's still 20, maybe 30 games that you are expecting him at some point to pop off. That's just unrealistic. Mm -hmm. So they really need to have some consistent improvement. They faltered last summer. Their, their North American talent in the LCS and Morlo and Matt faltered. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to blame that on Loco Doco. I'm going to blame that on the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to blame that on the environment. I'm going to blame that on the fact, again, I'm going to say it for the third time, for Matt, changing his 80 carry three times over the course of the split, that doesn't help. Yeah. It doesn't help a support where literally half his job is how well he works with his 80 carry. It's not a good, not a good fit. doesn't work. So... I really need to see that improvement that we saw in the spring. They need to get better. They need to mesh as a team. This has to be all about the team, all about the teamwork. You can't have your your coach being like, well, what exactly do you need me to tell him? Yeah. Be more friendly. Like This needs to be we are a team. They need to be going out and getting boba. They need to be going out and you know enjoying time with each other and shaking hands with fans. This all starts from day one of scrimmages. And if they can get along, because that is the environment that we are are left with for Team Liquid from last split. This environment of not liking each other, of people getting into arguments, of people not being able to communicate effectively, of people thinking that their ideas don't matter because there's three other high-intensity personalities and I'm going to get lost in the shuffle. This needs to be a year where you don't rely on a challenger mid laner to play jungle for you, which is probably one of the stupidest decisions. I have ever seen out of a professional League of Legends team. Yeah. Ever. Ever. And I will never, ever let Steve get away with that decision. That was stupid and something they exquisitely highlighted in Breaking Point as we think this is a positive that we're doing. Dumb. Stupid. This is a split that Team Liquid needs to do what CLG did uh, two years ago, basically, which is wipe all the stink off reinvent yourself and prove to us that you truly deserve to be one of these revered North American organizations. You got the Warriors and the Wizards to give you money. Like, come on, guys. It's time to actually take things seriously. Yeah, and you know, to their credit, I think David Lim has a chance to really change the culture. Agree. I think he was, again, you know, when we watched Breaking Point, he was the guy we were most impressed by. He was the guy that seemed to command the most respect from Piglet. Uh, you know, I, my big concern, honestly, at the end of the day, when you look at just on the Rift development, I don't know who's going to be the number one carry. I think Piglet, if he's your number two guy, is great because his consistency hasn't been there necessarily. But you kind of want Rainover as a number two guy as well. So you have two number twos and three fours is kind of how I end up looking at this team. But maybe that's enough if the synergy's there. Maybe that's enough if Golden Glue or Link take a big step forward. Maybe it's enough if Piglet does start getting some consistency back in his game again. And maybe this is the environment that it does that. But I think you nailed it. I think it's going to be, you know, for a team that has looked great on paper as many times as Liquid has and has come up short as many times as Liquid has, 
it, as much as some people hate say, you know, looking at this, I think it's time to look at the intangibles, guys. I think the intangibles are the thing that you have to decide are going to make or break this team because it can't just be Rift talent. Because if it was talent on the Rift, on paper, Liquid wouldn't be in the place they are right now. So do they make the changes? Can management make this work? Can the players, you know, redouble their efforts? At the end of the day, Walter, what do you think? What's the answer to these questions? These many questions that we bring up. I think the change to David Lim and getting rid of Loco Doco and kicking and, and getting rid of him from the organization entirely. Mm-hmm. Mutually left, whatever. I don't care what the PR story is. He's not with the organization anymore. I think that is a large step. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed they got rid of Dardock, but I can understand that, again, maybe you want to just completely clear all that toxicity. Then why would you keep Piglet? Um, I think it's a start, and David Lim has shown that he is an adult that he can be trusted, mm-hmm. that he uh, is trying to build a very inclusive nature, and that was something that he tried to do with the uh, Team Liquid Academy team and, and sort of had his talent pulled away from him to the main roster because, of course, you care about the main roster a little bit more than you will your, your second team. I, I totally understand that. My problem with Liquid, I currently have them as probably seventh. They mm-hmm. are, are probably going to be fighting for that sixth seed. They're going to just barely be on the outside looking in. Because I can't trust Piglet. I cannot trust him for a nine-week season. And I don't think this team can really take that next step of moving on and of really rebuilding itself and breaking out of the fourth-place curse and the breaking point and all this drama without getting rid of Piglet. I think as long as he is in this organization and he's on that team, we're going to have these images. Like, you know, I don't want to bring it up again, but we're going to have this image of him rolling around being disrespectful to his general manager. That's there. Just like if Dardock was still there, we'd have the image of him screaming at Steve, you know, during the playoffs. Like, it exists. So I, I truly think they're solid. I don't think they're awful. I don't think they're relegation bound or anything like that. I think they're just going to barely miss squeaking into the playoffs, though. I think that... At the end of the day, when we're having to talk about being an adult as being an improvement over the previous coaching situation, <laughs> you can only go uphill from there, guys. You know, and True. and look, Liquid fans, I, I understand, you know, people are getting hung up on a documentary when there are a lot of other teams that have also gone through struggles over the last few years and they didn't have documentary crews behind them. I am trying to remove myself from that as much as I can, uh, with the exception of giving David Lim the credit he deserves for looking as good as he did in that in those videos, but I think this is a team that is right now it's in my sixth spot and it could bump up to it could go down to seven. It could go up to anywhere as high as four. I still have to do some final thoughts on them, but I think that spot fighting for that last playoff spot sounds about right to me. I don't have enough faith in Golden Glue. I don't have enough faith in Link. I don't have enough faith in Piglet. And that's not from what I've seen in any documentary, that's what I've seen on the Rift. It's what I've witnessed in their behavior as part of this organization when it comes to Piglet. It's what I've seen in Golden Glue continually struggling to get his LCS name made for him. And it's what I've seen in Link taking a year and a half off of the LCS. So that's why I have my concerns. Uh, I think both sides of the coin are, are very much things we're going to be talking about going forward. Uh, and we should keep talking about this moving forward. Uh, definitely, please uh, reach out to us on social media. The podcast is at Rough Drafts Pod. I'm at Redshirt King if you want to talk to me about anything I said on this episode. Walter, where can the nice people at home find you? I'm sure I'm going to get plenty of people coming at me with their pitchforks, which is fine. I get yeah. it. I get it. You guys can find me at C80s underscore LOL. 
Absolutely. And look, I'm going to stand up for you on all the, the piglet stuff because I feel like people need to see both sides of the coin. Even if you don't agree, you got to at least understand where the other side of the coin is coming from. And also, if you do enjoy this episode, please consider donating to our Patreon. That'd be very cool of you. Uh, in the meantime, come back tomorrow where we talk about a team that just refuses to die, regardless of how many roster changes might be made on it. So until then, goodbye, Internet. Hey there, C80s here. Thanks for checking out the podcast. And if you enjoyed today's episode, consider supporting us at www.patreon.com backslash roughdraftspod. For just a dollar a month, you can join your fellow listeners in our patron-only Discord channel and help keep the content coming, or join our VIP club, where a dollar a show, or eight bucks a month, gets you first priority on all patron content, like our patron-only Q&As. And check us out on all of our social media, Twitter, at RoughDraftsPod, Facebook.com, backslash RoughDraftsPod, SoundCloud.com, backslash EsportsRoughDrafts, as well as on iTunes and YouTube by just searching for the Rough Drafts Podcast. Thanks for listening, and goodbye, Internet.